That was bad. It was awful. It was embarrassing. Not many other words come to mind, but I'm sure there's a list of synonyms you could come up with. The Bengals dropped Monday Night Football in very poor fashion. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Bengals fans. The Bengals are four and four after a pretty poor performance on Monday Night Football. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're the Locked On Bengals podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, follow, thumbs up, make us your first listen. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. You can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on at prizepicks.com. Right now, that's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad for the Bengals. James, they start with a drive that looks like it's pretty solid. I like the game plan on the first drive. And then there's a tip drill interception. They get a get. The Browns miss a field goal on the second drive. And then they get into a third and 10. Joe Burrow gets sacked. And then they get into a third and eight. Joe Burrow has to check down the Bengals punt. And then they get into a third and two. And Martin Emerson plays through T. Higgins. So, uh, then Joe Burrow fumbles. The, the start wasn't there. We talked about game script. We talked about the importance of getting off to a fast start in this one. And the Bengals kind of did the opposite of that, even though the Browns turned it over with an interception early with that missed field goal early, the Bengals didn't capitalize on those opportunities. And then the game just totally got away from them. And the offense just never really showed up. Showed up. I'm going to just keep letting you talk and I'm going to pull a Bengals offense and I'm just going to disappear for three quarters. So I'm going to show up three quarters of the way through the show. Go ahead, right. Jay. Keep going. Yeah, I'll see you later. So I mean, it, it, it's the, I was joking because I, I actually do show up. You know who didn't show up? The Bengals offense. You know, I've heard, I've heard, ah, oh, yeah, without Jamar, without Jamar. Oh. Look, man, all I know is, is, Martin Emerson should never be able to deflect a pass that's from T. And I, and I don't care. I don't care if he's got the leverage or anything. T, come to the ball, make the play. Right? It, T, it was a disappearing act until in the 41 yard touchdown, it's too late. It doesn't matter. The touchdown to Tyler Boyd, like the fourth quarter, it's done. It's over. And so all of those garbage time stats are just that they're garbage. And this offense needs to be the strength of the team. Because guess what? Their best player, DJ Reader, was out against a run-first team. Mm-hmm. Uh, another key member, Josh Chupo, out against a run-first team. And then they lose Trey Hendrickson for a significant amount of time. They lose Chidobe Awuzie for hopefully not the season, but it certainly didn't look good watching him walk off on, on crutches, leaving First Energy Stadium. This defense is beat up. And I get it, Jamar Chase wasn't out there. But I thought they'd figure it out at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and against a and I want to hammer this part home because the past two days I've spent in Cleveland I've talked to a lot of people that I either used to work with or just ran into familiar faces at the stadium before the game and it was it doesn't matter if Jamar can't play they are going to kick the Browns rear because this Browns defense can't do anything this Browns defense is awful this Browns defense and it was just that's the whole message 
And this offense, well, they didn't score on their first seven drives and had two turnovers and had four punts, including a 23-yarder, which, oh, yeah, we will talk about Mr. Kevin Huber. It was just – it was awful. And so I'm not going to let the 41-yard touchdown to T change it or the the lucky, honestly, touchdown to Boyd change it because it was awful, awful all around. And this offense, that's where it starts. The defense deserves plenty of blame too. We'll get to that. But this offense, man, like, okay, you threw an interception on the first drive. It was Garrett's just wrecking the game mentality. You know, he just makes a big play. Fine. Recover from it and go drive down the field. And they literally didn't do that. Didn't do it <laughs> until the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. And and you're right. At that point, it doesn't really matter. We we talked about going into this game game script, which I, I think I've addressed. I don't know how much else there is to say there. The game totally gets away from them. It's 11-0 at halftime. If instead, you know, it's 14-11 or 17-11 because the Bengals had one, two, three, four, five, six first half possessions and the Browns did turn it over twice in that first half. The Bengals, of course, also turned it over twice in the first half. Then the game maybe looks different, but they didn't do those things. And so they created a game script for themselves that didn't take advantage of the early Browns mistakes the Browns missed field goal, the Browns interception, uh, a short drive, uh, a fumble going into halftime. They didn't take advantage of any of those things. And so the game went exactly as the Browns wanted it to. When you go into halftime, the Browns get the ball coming out of halftime. You're already losing 11 to zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's exactly how the Browns want to play football. games. I mean, any team wants to play football games. Sure. But in addition to that, like you said, James, you got to bounce back from that pick. It's a fluke pick. After that first drive, the Browns go miss a field goal. I was still feeling okay about the game as I think most Bengals fans were at that point in time. Cause it felt like, all right, they, they know what they're doing here on offense or getting the quick passes out and, and then nothing. And then absolutely nothing. And miles Garrett did take over the game. Jonah Williams. I mean, he was, he was good last week, but we've talked about all year. Good edge rushers are the bane of this offense's existence. And again, you know, they've played three of the best of them and all of those games they lost because they couldn't do enough to deal with it. And it wasn't even just Miles Garrett in this one. And that's no. concerning as well. Yeah, it wasn't. Sione Takitaki with the game of the his strip. Life. And yeah, well, it, it was. I was here when he got trapped. Like it was. Like no one looks at him like that. It's, it's so frustrating to watch those. Th- this offense when they play that way. And I, I thought there were going to be lulls tonight. And and I tried to say this is going to be a tough game because I thought it was going to be tough. Like the Browns did exactly what I thought the Browns were going to do. They didn't really surprise me. I thought Garrett was going to make some plays and, you know, they were going to be able to move the ball a bit with Chubb. The, the thing that you don't anticipate, obviously, is, is Jacoby Brissett averaging 12-plus yards per pass. But this is the thing that got me, Jake. It seemed like, and maybe I'm wrong, and we'll have to go back and watch again, but it seemed like the Bengals were like, all right, yeah, we don't have Jamar. We know Miles Garrett's on the other side. We're going to just dink and dunk it. And, and we're going to turn this into what Thursday night football was week two of Joe Burrow's rookie. Yeah. We're going to dink and dunk it, and that's just what we're going to do. And I I hate that because it's literally – from and they moved the ball on their first drive. You're right. It, it was eight plays, 54 yards. The ninth play was the interception. 
But there were two shot plays on that drive. Just just to throw that out there, they did have him in there. T. Higgins got held on one, didn't get the call. The other one goes to Chris Evans, which then they don't go back to for the entire game. But continue. No doubt. And but I don't remember shot plays after that. Like I, I the I ball think, certainly I, you know, didn't go downfield after that. I don't know if they were called, but it didn't go downfield. Sure, correct. And, and so that that's the part. I mean, he's averaging. Burrow averaged six point six yards in attempt, and that was with the forty one yarder to T Higgins. You know, it's just that's the part of it where you just have to find ways to get big big plays because that's what this offense is. They rely on big plays. That's it's time to embrace it more so than not. I mean, Mixon, eight carries, 3.4 a carry, and no one had more than four receptions. Hayden Hurst with four. Oh, I guess Mixon. Sorry. Excuse me. Mixon did with seven yeah. because it was – For, for how many yards? City. Like 20? 32. Okay. 32. Like, I that's insane. Like, so th- that that's the part that's that's frustrating to me is it, it almost felt – and you're right. They did call him up early. It was a hold. They didn't get the call fine. Let's try again now. Let's let's try something here, and it didn't work. Yeah, it'll Whatever be interesting tried, to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see on tape. I, I think the offensive line is a big problem with this one. I think the defensive line is a big problem in this one. Chidobe Abuzie's injury is just depressing. I guess for for me, I mean, it's just brutal. And and Zach said after the game, it doesn't look good. So we'll we'll see what's going on there, but. You know, Sam Hubbard broke his finger apparently, and and played through it. Uh, that, that's what the word on the street is. So we'll see what's going on with him as well. Had an X-ray after the game. Anyway, let, let's talk a little bit more about the offense. We'll get into the defense as well. We have to talk about Kevin Huber. I, I have to wonder how long the leash is for Kevin Huber at this point. So we'll get into some of those topics coming up next. First, this episode brought to you by, by Prize Picks, and we've t- told you about it plenty of times. It is. The fastest and easiest way to do daily fantasy. You just pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection. You're not competing against other players. You're not competing against spreadsheet warriors. You're not competing against people that put in thousands of entries. It's just you against the projections, and you can win up to 10 times your money. 10 times your money. And if you are sick of the NFL, you want to take a break, the NBA is back. Get into the NBA. They've got the NBA as an option as well, as well as college basketball mma my favorite euro basketball cricket big cricket game last week or match i remember you can do it in 60 seconds or less really easy safe and fast withdrawals and operational in 30 states and in canada so go download the prize picks after go to prizepicks.com to slot to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users will get a 100 deposit match Worth up to $100 with promo code locked on. Again, if you deposit $100, they'll give you $100. If you put in $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Now I have to tell you about Schultz and Sons. And look, this is going to put me in a, a little bit better mood because Schultz and Sons is consistent. Schultz and Sons has been a Cincinnati tradition for more than 65 years. Schultz and Sons is going to find a way to turn your day around and look they're a member of the american gem society you've heard me talk about that multiple times here on locked on Bengals. what is that it's an exclusive club of jewelers that adhere to a set of standards and expertise that sets them apart from the rest only one in seven jewelers 
become AGS certified and Schultz and Sons is. And with the holidays coming up, it's good to know that Schultz and Sons offers affordable financing without the 18 months, same as cash available. So if you're thinking about that perfect gift, but you want to make sure that that diamond you purchase is top quality, you can rest easy knowing that Schultz and Sons has your back. And yeah, if you need that financing, they got your back in that department too. Look, I get it. You're feeling down right now. I know Matt and his team probably feeling a little, little down after Monday night. Go to Schultz and Sons, check them out. Maybe get a custom piece design. Maybe uh, I don't even know what custom piece. We're, we're just going to ignore it. We're, we're going to ignore it tonight. Not going to have Schultz and Sons do any kind of Halloween custom piece for the Bengals because clearly it was ugly. So they're in Fort Mitchell. They're in the Kroger Expressway Plaza right off the Fort Mitchell exit. Easy to get to, just 10 minutes from downtown. So put it in your GPS, 2202 Dixie Highway, Fort Mitchell. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. James, I think a lot of people are going to point to this game and they're going to say, without Jamar Chase, the Bengals don't know how to do offense. And maybe they're onto something, maybe not. To me, that wasn't what left out for, for me in this game. Joe Burrow very early in this game got sped up. And, you know, like, like we talked about, they had a couple of these shot plays early. They had an RPO going early. They didn't go back to it. I don't think, I I don't think they went back to RPOs. They ran four running plays out of their first 21 plays on their first four drives. And and so like, even though it wasn't going great and they were using some of those checkdowns as an extension of the running game, they kind of went away from that. And what did we talk about going into this game? The Browns up the middle, JOK didn't even play in this game. That, that's not their strength, defending the run. The Bengals have been figuring out how to run out of the gun. They, they go with 10 carries, and it, it just – I'm not saying that would make a huge difference, but when Joe Burrow's getting sped up and this defense is starting to pin their ears back and come after the passer, and they were protecting okay early. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was very frustrating. I mean, there was even, you know, coverage sacks. Burrow has time in the pocket, and he's checking it down for a loss. And, and and yeah, some of the cover sack issues I talked about. And then as the game goes on, he gets sped up. That the checkdowns are coming quicker. The checkdowns are going to the flats. Whereas the last couple of weeks, we saw you know so, some more of those sits over the ball in the middle of the field being used by this offense. Hayden Hurst and guy and, and Tyler Boyd, and there wasn't very much of that in this game. And they they just couldn't get it going. And mm-hmm. it's it's very very frustrating against a defense that's very bad. And so you know I, I tweeted in the game as well that. I, Yes, this game is awful. I'm not overreacting necessarily, or I think there's a lot of overreaction happening. I'm not totally writing the season off, but that doesn't mean this was good or, or acceptable in any way. It was a very bad game for them. I just... Uh, it, it, these games in Cleveland, you're right. Uh, you were right about this leading into the game, James. The Bengals in Cleveland and, and this coaching staff in particular, Stefanski and yep. Taylor... It just goes sideways for this team. It's like so similar in so many ways to games they've played against this team in the past. And they just, they can't keep repeating these mistakes against the Browns and and dropping to 0 3 in the division is terrible. And now you're probably playing for a wild card unless something else goes sideways. But they were 5 and 4 going into the bye last year. That's why I'm not totally writing the season off and, you know, saying everything is, is awful. They need to recover. But, uh, there's a long way to go, I guess, is, is the only yeah. thing I'm saying in terms of don't overreact. Sure. Um, as far as Bengals-Browns go, i just give you a couple stats. The Browns have 
won five straight. The last time the Bengals beat the Browns was at the end of the 2019 season when Freddie Kitchens was about to get fired. Mm-hmm. And, and that nightmare of a year for the Browns ended and they just kind of punted on the year or, you know, in, in that final game. Uh, that was Odell Beckham Jr.'s first year in Cleveland. Uh, so there's that. Um, there's also the fact, and this is weird, Jake Trotter pointed this out. Joe Burrow, his last three games against the Browns, and again, the interception wasn't his fault. It was just a great play. Last three games against the Browns, though, opening drive, he's throwing a pick. Yep. Just just wild. And we remember the Denzel Ward pick six, which was just backbreaking last year. It's just weird. It's unique. And now Burrow's 0-4 against the Browns. And now this is going to be a thing. Like, I kind of dismissed it this week. I thought it was kind of silly. Oh, Burrow's never beat the Browns. Well, he played bad against them once. Well, now, and the numbers don't look bad, but now 0-4, you better believe this is going to be a storyline going into the matchup later this season. Um, And you're right, the division, you fall to 0-3. You don't keep pace with the Ravens. They have a pretty easy slate coming up. It's tough. It's tough. And now, uh, look, you lose Trey Flowers to a hamstring. Eli Apple already didn't play. Dax Hill saw cornerback snaps. They're going to have to potentially look at cornerback. And the other spot they need to look at, and I know I'm mixing all this in, but it's trade deadline stuff. Wide receiver. And I know I've defended Mike Thomas at times. I know I have. And and, and I, I still think he deserves to be on the roster and all that stuff, the, the, the drop aside. But wide receiver four has been a concern that we've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it felt like tonight it really showed its head. That doesn't mean that, you know, that, you know, it's all just Jamar Chase is out. Well, how about you just have a guy that can come in and, and make some plays, right? And and they just it, – it did not appear like they had anyone like that. Trent Irwin got in some. And the, the other thing, just looking at the box score here, Jake, if you would have told me going into this game – T. Higgins only gets six targets. Boyd only gets five targets. I'd have said, well, then who the hell is getting the targets, right? And Joe Mixon got a lot of them. But those two guys – Ten to running backs, right? No, 11 to running backs. Yeah. Those two guys, they need 11 apiece. Like, if you're throwing the ball 35 times, I would have just assumed that they were going to be in the double digits targets-wise, and they weren't. And I – I don't know if it's something the Browns did. I don't know if it, the, the Bengals just didn't have time. Like you said, if Burrow was just sped up and just the, the clock was sped up. I, whatever it is, though, that cannot be the case moving forward without Jamar because those two guys, they need touches and they need the ball. It was very frustrating to watch how often the ball was checked down. And I, I don't know why it happened watching from TV. It's, it's impossible to say. I don't know what exactly was going on downfield on some of these. Some of it certainly is a pressure. Some of it is him being sped up. Some of it is coverage downfield. Some of it is, you know, T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd are both great players. Are they getting open? I don't know. Trent Irwin, Mike Thomas dropping passes. I mean, that was a brutal drop, too. Sets up a third and 10, I think, instead of a first down. That could yeah. have been a big play for Mike Thomas. And I assume that the reason that it looks like he has to kind of die for the ball is on Mike Thomas more than it's on Joe Burrow, too. Uh, only 50 plays for the Bengals offense in this game. So... That's a, a bit of a problem in and of itself when the Browns have 70. I mean, that just tells you you're not keeping drives going, and, and they have a lot of punts. Defense also a problem. They got out to a, a fine start in this game. I thought, I thought Lou had some nice stuff dialed up early to confuse Jacoby Brissett a little bit, and uh, you know, then, then things kind of went downhill. It wasn't just one bad drive like it was against the Falcons. Things really spiraled from that point, so let's – 
get into that a bit grudgingly to finish the show coming up next. But first, I have to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for all things sports betting, whether it's football, whether it's the start of the basketball season, whether it's college football, NFL, maybe you like the Bengals to turn things around against Carolina this upcoming week. Well, you can wager on that. Or maybe you just think that Steph Curry and the Warriors are going to get it done again in the NBA Finals. The bottom line is, is Bet Online is a one stop shop for all things sports wagering with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Did this game start at any point for the Bengals? Do you reckon? No. No. The answer is no. Yeah, the defense was okay at the start of the game. I mean, they did give up a seven-play, 49-yard drive on the very first drive and uh, got a missed field goal out of it. They get a Amari Cooper gift. BJ Hill, BJ Hill with the ball. BJ Hill. Yep. Props BJ Hill for that play. Uh, Amari Cooper throws the ball straight to Von Bell. He was apparently trying to throw it away. Did you see this in his press conference after the game? He's like, yeah, I didn't realize how hard it was to, to throw the ball away. And I was trying to throw that away. And then I looked up, you know, trying to make sure I get it past the line of scrimmage and all this stuff. And then I looked up and it's in somebody's hands. Yeah, Zach Wilson-esque, indeed. Worse, worse slightly than Zach Bengals, Wilson. by the way, Bengals offense didn't take advantage. Keep no, going. No, they didn't. They, they go three plays, six yards, Joe Mixon for two yards, the Mike Thomas drop, which would have put them at least in field goal range, I think, although Evan McPherson also had a terrible night. And then uh, Joe Burrow has to check it down to Samaje Piran on third and eight. Bengals punt from the Cleveland 46. At the time, I was kind of like, all right, I kind of get it. You know, you've been really bad on fourth down this year. In retrospect, they probably needed to go for it there. Uh, then the defense gets a stop. So, so far still, again, going pretty well, stopping the run okay here early. And then the Bengals don't capitalize on offense. Short pass, short pass, the incomplete pass, Martin Emerson getting the pass breakup. And then the seal kind of comes undone. Uh, 78-yard, 10-play drive where Cleveland did whatever they wanted. They get a two-point conversion uh, after a penalty shortens the distance, and they decide to go for it from the one-yard line. Nick Chubb runs it in. The Bengals then uh, fumble. And Joe Burrow, Troy Aikman, anybody watching the game pointed out, Burrow had an open guy. That could have been a big play for them, but uh, ball ca- hand came off the ball. Joe Mixon got a good initial block on Sione Takitaki and didn't sustain it. Strip sack. The Bengals, to their credit, next drive might have been their best defensive drive of the game. Unfortunately, this is where they lose Shadobe Abuzier, but they they get the incomplete pass on that second down, and then they, they get in there with a the blitz, and it gets to Brissett. Brissett coughs up the ball. Bengals have a chance before mm-hmm. halftime. And then from then, it, it's bad. Second half, 11 plays, oh. 75 yards. Eight plays, 60 yards. Eight plays, 83 yards. And then, you know, the game well over at that point. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing is that the first drive after halftime, that's when you have to get a stop. You're down 11 nothing. You have to get a stop. And instead, nope. The QB back, sneak. A third and seven coverage bust. A third and six in, run. And you look up, and it's twenty-five nothing now. Mm-hmm. I, it's game over. Then it doesn't matter. And, and and so, 
Yeah, I mean, so outside of the fumble that you mentioned, right? Touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Five of their six drives, they scored in that that window. You do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Meanwhile, the Bengals during that stretch had the missed field goal in there, a bunch of punts, a fumble, a punt, and then they finally scored uh, to answer after they were down 25-0. Yeah, in garbage time. Yep. It's it's a problem at all levels for this defense. Like, yes, missing DJ Reader, Josh Tupo, a couple of run-stopping guys that would have played a lot of snaps in this game. That doesn't help against Nick Chubb. I thought they did an okay job against the run they just got down so much it didn't matter that they were okay and then there were obviously spots where it was much worse than okay especially as the game wore on but they weren't getting pressure with four a couple of these big plays maybe all of jacoby Brissett's big plays where the bengals bust a couple coverages one on a crosser they lose uh amari cooper ends up matched up on sam hubbard out there and then amari cooper gets behind uh, both the safety playing over the top of him, Von Bell, and the safety playing corner, Dax Hill. On all of these plays, the Bengals, I believe, rush for and, and don't get home. One of them was a creeper because Sam Hubbard dropped into coverage, but the pass rush, and I know Trey Hendrickson got hurt in this game, took a shot in the back. Mm-hmm. He, he continued to play. Sam Hubbard got hurt in this game, broke his finger, I think, continued to play. The the secondary injuries piling up combined with the defense that's not getting pressure unless they blitz is a recipe to get torched, especially if you can't stop the run. So, you know, by the end of the game, the defense is, is essentially in shambles, right? And mm-hmm. and without Cheeto, without DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson hurt, Sam Hubbard hurt, those are a lot of your best players. Mm-hmm. And it gets really tough at that point. Yep, it does. And they're going to have to... Patch it together and figure it out because look, Carolina can score. <laughs> that, it, like it, it's not like they're they're much different than than this Browns offense. Oh, PJ Walker. Oh, okay. Well, look what Jacoby Brissett did, mm-hmm. right? And, th- and they have weapons. They have DJ Moore. You know, they have running backs that have have scored touchdowns and and you know gone off in recent weeks with after the McCaffrey trade. So. Try to patch it together and see, you know. Um, I, I will say DJ Reader did make the trip. I don't think they're going to necessarily activate that window, but, you know, if, yeah. if he's ready, then maybe you do. Yeah, the, the most concerning thing for me is the injury stuff. Like, this could be a weird anomalous game that we look back on and wonder what the heck happened in this week. They had a couple of those last year, but the difference is, is that DJ Reader is currently on IR. Jamar Chase is on an indefinite timeline, but they're hoping to get him back. In that four-week window, Chidobia Wuzier, we'll see. It doesn't look good there. Mm-mm. The the injuries to key players are are kind of piling up. They lost those one-score games earlier in the year, and so now they're four and four, needing to get to five and four, needing to get to that bye, needing to get a little bit healthy, and then hoping that they can, with a little bit more health, go on a run down the stretch and. Trade deadline is going to be interesting. I mean, the Bengals, most years, they don't it's do anything. It's time to make a move. It's time to make a move. And and now they have to contend with this idea of, man, have we lost too many pieces? I would say no, right? You have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins on their rookie deals right now. You've invested all this money in your defense. This is certainly a window. 
and uh, it would be a shame to, to lose a year this way. And, and hopefully that's not what this means. A lot of season left. Going to reiterate that. But losing Shinobi Ibuzia, losing this game this way, they have a lot to overcome in the next few weeks. But Carolina, a team they should beat. I was misguided in my optimism for this game, James. Things go sideways in Cleveland, and that seems to be a reliable trend. We'll be back tomorrow as the Bengals prepare on their short week. So do we. Things march on in the NFL, and time waits for no one, even if they are your most important players. And that's the lesson the Bengals have to learn and overcome this year. The Bengals take on the 2-6 and six Panthers next week, and we have you covered leading into that game right here on Locked On Bengals, and we appreciate you listening. Happy Halloween, and have a good one.